to all the two dads. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up, you tuning in to Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 114. Not sure if there's going to be a 115, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Brittany and I are back at it again, and our question of the week is about dealing with rude athletes. And then we have another question sent in from a mom asking about team placements and claims that her gym has the attitude that if you don't like what you get, too bad. But before we get into that, if you are new to the show, welcome. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. Most shows are like today's show, just me and B chopping it up. But other times we bring on industry leaders who share their story and their experience with us. We still have a few more really cool guests lined up for this summer that I am really excited about. So again, if you are new, be sure sure to subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show. Shout out to the homie Claire who's the one holding us down on IG. All the creative things that you guys see on IG, that is all Claire. All the boring stuff, that is me. So Claire, shout out. Love having you on the team. And speaking of shout outs, shout out to my mother. Shout out to Sheila. Shout out to Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather, Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, who you guys know, he's representing for all the cheer dads out there. Our mate, Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG and our newest supporter, Lauren Clark. If you want to help support the show financially, there's a link in the show notes where you can donate for as little as 99 cents a month. Guys, this time next week, we will have a winner for our coaches training giveaway. Guys, what are you waiting for? It's time to enter and it's super easy. All you have to do is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast, post that on your Instagram story, tag our Instagram in the post. Let's talk. Cheer podcast and you are entered to win if you win you're going to win a free coaches training with yours truly the more shares the more entries i'm going to say this again someone is going to win why not you the winner will be announced in episode 115 that's our next episode guys i'm the cheer director at american cheer aksc.com sharing with you my life running a program managing a staff coaching the athletes and working with the parents and on the other side of the microphone is a mom who represents all you cheer parents out there and ask the questions that you guys ask at home don't be less when you can be more be more what's good how you been b Life is life. I have been working and I feel like I'm in the car more than anything between American practice and the girls at school practice. You know, it's a lot of driving around. But other than that, living that summertime life, you know, how have you been? 
There you go. Love it. Living that summertime life, too. I've traveled out all over the place like a chicken with my head cut off. They actually, I was supposed to be on American Cheer Icon, and that was supposed to be happening next weekend, next week. But I guess it got, I was, it didn't get canceled. I guess it's been postponed. Not sure on the particulars, like why it got postponed, but apparently it's been postponed. And uh, so I guess we'll be filming at some later date. There, it's going to be a challenge, though, because although we're all busy all season long, it's easier to miss a summer practice or a couple summer practices than it is to miss yeah. in season. So if we're if it's January, mm. February, March, April, it's like, well, we're in season, guys. So we'll see. Who knows? You know, We'll see what happens. Hopefully everything works out. I was pretty excited about it, but it looks like we're and who knows if they'll even call me back <laughs> the second time. So we'll see what happens. But it's not being filmed right now. Anyway, just traveling around. Um, obviously, we have the kids at the gym, but traveling around to different places, you know, working with different programs. And then I'll go up to, to San Francisco this weekend to talk with Jam. So shout out to Jam. So I'll be talking to their staff during their staff training. And, you know, just got a few things like that lined up. So we'll be doing that all summer long. I guess on that note, let me say this. To all the coaches out there, all the programs, guys, it's the summer. It's early summer. Right now, your fundamentals, they lay the foundation for the rest of your season, right? And so your team can only be as good as your ability to do the basics and the fundamentals, right? So just let's just say straight up lib, for example. Your ability to do a straight up lib is you can only be as good as your ability to do a straight up lib, right? So if you can do, if you do a straight up lib and, you know, we'd look at it and go, that's an eight out of 10. Well, then your full up to lib has no potential or only has the potential to reach an eight out of 10 because you can't outdo your your elite skills, can't outdo your fundamental skills. Right. And so the better you get at your fundamentals, the better and the more potential your elite skills have of hitting at that higher, you know, that higher tier, that upper echelon of technique. So right now, while it's the summer, you know, drill, drill, drill those fundamentals. If you're, if you look at your kids and they do straight up QPs and you're like, ah, you know, that's kind of a seven out of 10. And then anything else you, that you do that gets into a QP, they don't have the ability to, you know, their straight up QP isn't going to be better than their full up QP or their, you know, I'm not sure what other skills we're doing, you know, back handspring up QP or whatever it is, right? So you can't outdo your fundamentals with your elite skills. So take the time right now, drill those fundamentals, set yourself up for success down the lines. That's a lot, you know, a lot of coaches go, you know, how do we get our kids to look like your kids? Well, there you go. You got to drill those fundamentals because your fundamentals make up everything that you do. So, you know, right now, drill a lot of fundamentals. After the success of our first virtual coaches training and people wanting to know if we're going to be doing another one, I've decided, yes, let's do this. Coming up on July 8th, I'll be hosting another virtual coaches training and Q&A. We'll start off talking about a variety of different training techniques to implement at your practices. The first time you set up a drill, they're just learning how the drill works. If you were to just set up the same exact drills you did last time, you you would see how much more productive it is. It's called getting better at getting better. 
So what you want to do is come in, set up the same drill and go, hey, guys, we're going to do the same thing we set up last time and watch. Well, one, they'll set the drills up a lot faster, but they have that familiarity with it and they're going to be able to get better at getting better. Not to mention, we'll also talk about the things that you want to talk about. Sonia, go ahead and give us your thoughts on the training. I just thought the opening with the quiz questions alone was a good way to evaluate myself as a coach and look at my perspective Every question I ask myself, do I actually do this? Can I do this? How will I do this? The discussion in the training just gave me new ideas and ways to implement a practice and I'm hoping that it will show useful throughout the season. So just thanks so much for the timing of the training and really appreciate your help. Guys, sign up now. Like last time, I want to keep the group small so it's super beneficial to everyone on the call. So first come, first serve, link in the show notes. Anyway, B, let's talk. What we got going on? Yes. We got the question of the week? Yeah. We got the sounds like that. Question of the week. Guys, Casey Marlowe's coming on soon. Casey Marlowe, he's the actual guy who does our cheer mixes from sounds like that. So he's actually going to come on soon, talk to us all about mixing music. So Casey, let's get you on the show ASAP Rocky. But sounds like that question of the week. You guys already know the best music producers in the game. They're the ones that give us our hot fire cheer music. So you want hot fire cheer music like us, sounds like that.com and let them know that the Let's Talk Cheer podcast sent you. B, hit us up with a question of the week. All right, here we go. So this person says, how do you hear? handle disrespectful cheerleaders that speak rudely to you and when addressed they tell the parent it was the coach's fault and then the parent loses their mind back in the day parents would say your coach had an issue with you talk it through here we go i've been waiting for an excuse to tell this particular story like forever i've been waiting for an excuse to tell this particular story I haven't told it yet, and I saw this question and was like, I finally get to tell this story. This is going to be great. But before I do that, guys, if you have a question that you want answered on the show, there's a link in the show notes. You go, it says, like, question, you know, submit your question of the week. Click on that Click on that link, and we will answer your question. We try to get to all of them, but there are a lot of them. So you have a good, interesting question, and we'll, we'll get to it. So you know, how do you deal with disrespectful athletes, basically, and that parents are now backing the side of the children and not kind of coming on the side of the other adults in the room? So here's my story. And this question reminded me of this, or so I'm not even sure if I'm actually going to answer the question, but at the end, it said like, you know, back in the day, parents would say, your coach had an issue with you. You know, you guys need to talk it through or whatever, right? And I remember this specifically. I was in the eighth grade. I was playing football, Pop Warner football, and our parents would come to practice, right? Everyone's parents would come to practice. They'd bring out their lawn chairs and they'd sit and they'd watch practice. And I remember this particular night, my dad was out there watching practice. I'm playing receiver at the time and I'm supposed to do a 10 yard out. I go, I run, I do my my route. I, I don't remember if the, the quarterback threw the ball to me or not, but I specifically remember my coach saying, Jason, it's 10 yards and out. And I remember I went, I did. And then, <laughs> you know, I talked back to my coach, right? And I remember my coach, you know, stepping forward to, you know, address me. And then I remember my dad getting out of his chair and being like, excuse me, sir, I'll handle this. And he's like, don't you ever talk back to your coach like that again, right? And that's all I needed, right? And I think that is a stark difference between parents today and parents back in the day, right? Like 
I said something, I talked back to my coach and my dad even let me, or my dad even let my coach handle it. Like my dad said, no, you're not going to speak like that to an adult in your life. Like you're not going to talk back. Like I was not raised to talk back. Right. And you know, my dad got out of his chair and you know, I remember just being like, man, my dad scolded me at practice is crazy, but believe that was the last time I ever did that. So, and I, I just think that when we compare that to, it's definitely not every parent. But when we compare that to parents today, it's more likely that the parent hops on the side of the athlete who did the wrong and then to make an excuse for their poor behavior. Oh, Jason's having a bad day. You know, that's why he talked back or, you know, he did do the 10 yards and out. I watched him do it. Right. Or whatever the case may be. Right. And so I think this particular coach is right in saying that there was another part in there where it said, you know, the the athlete tells the parents that it was the coach's fault and then the the parent loses their mind. So there's a story I've told many times at American. I usually tell it during the parent meeting, but I don't like telling the same stories every single year. So be there's a good chance you might not have ever heard this story, but there's a very good chance you have heard this story because I have told it several times, but I don't tell it every single year. <laughs> but here is here's the story which I do not believe I've told on the pod before. Back in the day, this is when I was cheering at SFA, we were walking Walking down, we had to do this homecoming pep rally type thing. And it was like the dress rehearsal, like we were practicing for it. And so we'd actually do it on the football field, like at the stadium. And so we're walking down to the stadium and baby sights also known as Michael Seitzer. Dude, shout out to Callie Seitzer. Callie, you need to come on the pod as well. We get Callie Seitzer on the pod. I just over, I just skipped Michael Seitzer. Like, Michael, you're not coming on, just Cali. I still talk to Cali all the time. But we're walking down, and Michael Seitzer, aka Baby Seitz, is, he looks visibly upset. And so, go, hey, man, are you all right? And he goes, no, I'm not all right. And so we just thought it was the funniest thing that he actually said that he was not all right. Because usually when you ask, usually when people are upset and you can tell they're upset, when you ask them if they're all right, they still say they're okay. Like, are you all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Right. And so, but it just cracked us up that he actually said, no, I'm not all right. And so it was this inside joke for years between me and my roommates. And we would always say to each other, hey, man, you all right? No, I'm not all right. And we would do it all the time. Anyway, years, 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 years later, I'm now married to Ashley. And she knows nothing of this inside joke. And Ashley looks at me one day. We're at our apartment. And she looks at me and she's like, hey, Jason, are you okay? And I go, no, I'm not okay. And she kind of looks at me like, and I kind of like kind of chuckle to myself. And she's like, looking at me like, what's this guy talking about? And I go, well, you know. I just told myself an inside joke. You don't get the joke. All right, whatever. So I decide I want to laugh by myself. So I text Baby J, right? One of my old roommates. I text Baby J and I go, Ashley just asked me if I were. And then I come to a moral dilemma. The inside joke is, are you all right? That's what we've said for years. Are you all right? That was the actual phrase. However, in this particular situation, Ashley didn't ask me if I was all right. She asked me if I was okay. So now I'm in a moral dilemma with baby J. Should I keep my integrity and say, Noah, Ashley just asked me, are you okay? To which I replied, no, I'm not okay. Or should I tweak it up a little bit so I... So I make sure that he understands that I'm talking about the joke and just say, Ashley asked me if I was all right. No, I'm not all right, blah, blah. And so as I'm stuck with this moral dilemma, I go, nope, I'm not risking it. He's going to know. He's, I'm going to make sure he knows what I'm talking about. So I write down, Ashley just asked me, are you all right? To which I applied, 
no, I'm not all right. Ha 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 ha. Right. And he texts back, ha 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 ha, blah, blah. Right. And so that is, that happens every single day. And it especially happens when athletes relay stories to their parents because they want to make sure that their parents feel the same emotion that they feel or that they felt in that moment. Well, they'll just tweak a little bit here and there to make sure their families, right, their parents, their adults in their lives feel the same way that they felt in that moment. And we all know that we do that. There's old Dane Cook sketch where he he tells a story and then he has someone else retold a story like a grandpa retold it or something like that. And he's like, I did not say that anyway, but it happens every single day. So I try to tell that story often to the families just to like have parents keep in mind. Are you looking for an overnight cheer camp this summer? Look no further than dream camps. Guys, I'm telling you, I've had lots of industry friends work as instructors at dream camps and have heard nothing but great things. With individual cheer camps available in both Oregon and Florida, Dream Camps is the perfect place for athletes to progress their skills in tumbling, jumping, stunting, and dance. And I can confirm this next part, but Dream Camps brings out some of the best instructors in the country to help athletes reach their full potential in a fun and supportive environment. Spaces are limited, so head on over to OregonDreamCamps.com and register today to secure your spot. Link in the show notes. So I try to tell that story often to the families just to like have parents keep in mind that when their athlete comes home, you know, upset about something that don't necessarily take their word at 100%, you know, like you got to take it with a grain of salt. And before you take their word as the gospel, check in with the coach and ask for their understanding of the situation. So you can hear their version of the story. And a lot of the time, when you hear their version of the story, you go, oh, that makes a lot more sense that that's how a, an adult would interact with a with a child, right? Now, some adults interact very poorly with children. I totally understand that. And they say stuff they shouldn't say. But lots of times, the athletes are exaggerating the truth a little bit. And I see it with Joey. Like, Joey will say something like, Joey, me and Joey will be hanging out. And then Joey will say I did something. Like, in earshot of Ashley. And I go, Ashley, that did not happen. Like, I have no idea. She just made that up, Ash. Right? And so... I see it happening with my soon-to-be three-year-old. Oh, shout out. It's about to be Father's Day, so I'm wearing my dad's shirt today. Let's go. But yeah, the last thing I'll say with, you know, rude, disrespectful cheerleaders. I read this in, what book was it? Above the Line, I believe. It was by Urban Meyer. And he said that every team is made up of these three tiers of athletes. That you have the top 10% who do everything exactly the way that you want them to do it. They are hard workers. They're focused. They're on time. They're respectful. They do everything. The coaches dream everything the way you want them to do it. Then you have the bottom 10% who are the coach's nightmare. And you know, they're exact opposite of the top 10%, right? They're lazy. They're disrespectful. 
helpful. They're, you know, just cancers on your team and they, you know, they do everything wrong. And then you have the other 80% of kids who have, you know, sometimes they're hard workers, sometimes they're not, but they, you know, they're just pretty average kids, not talking about skill wise, but they're just, you know, they're there, right? And they kind of go with the flow of the team, right? And so he said that your job as a coach is to try to get as many kids from that 80% to that top 10%. But he also mentioned, which is the point here, that you just want to ignore that bottom 10%, that that bottom 10%, they are not going to change, or it's going to take far more energy to turn a bottom 10%er into an 80 percenter than it does to turn an 80 percenter into a top 10 percenter, right? So he said, so focus on your top 10 percent and then focus on getting your 80 percent kids, as many as those kids into your top 10 percent, right? And so, yeah, and I've done that and just go, man, they're not changing. They are who they are. And I'm just going to let them be who they are because they're not going to change. And I am literally wasting my breath even trying to correct or discipline these kids because nothing is getting through to them. So I'm going to focus on kids who want, there's a, a really good Bible quote. It's Proverbs 9, 8, which says, don't rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. If you rebuke, correct fools is what other versions of it says. If you try to correct fools, they're going to hate you for it. But when you correct people who are wise, they love you for it. Another really good quote. I love this. This is by the uh, the poet Jay-Z who said, a wise man said, don't argue with fools because from a distance, people can't tell who is who, right? There you go. I, I just tried not to argue with fools. I try not to waste my time arguing with foolish people because you're literally just talking to a brick wall. And from a distance, people can't tell who is who. That's why you. That's why you'll never, ever see me caught up in a Facebook battle. On Facebook? You gotta be kidding me. So, you just won't see, because from a distance, people can't tell who is who. But rebuke wise people, and they'll love you. So that was my, my three-step answer to the question of the week. Um, not sure if I actually answered their question, but I got to talk about some things, so. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a long answer. <laughs> They're always long answers. So, anything you want to add on to that, B? No, I am like a very firm believer in there's three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth. And you're not going to convince me otherwise just because you're an adult, you are telling the truth. And you're not going to convince me just because you are my child that you are telling the truth. Because as a parent and a household that my husband firmly like has told my daughters since they were born, we don't lie in this house, we don't lie in this house, they still have lied. But I also think... I don't know, like, I'm just more of a parent that, like, gets my kid's side of the story. And, you know, if it's an issue with an adult, I get the adult side of the story. And then I gather what I feel to be true. I've kind of always said I want to raise decent human beings. I don't want to raise disrespectful members of society. And I think I've done a pretty good job of it, like, so far. But I also think it's hard for some children when they're, like, you are what you do what you see. There's a saying like that or like basically saying like you your child's actions are what they are because of your actions. So I believe that nine times out of 10, you as a parent are not setting a good example for your child. You are probably disrespectful and rude in society and they see that and they think it's okay. So they show that. So I'm not saying my kids are perfect, but I mean, I would hope that most of the time they're not disrespectful and rude because I don't feel like I'm disrespectful 
and rude. But I think there's a balance between finding out, you know, I do think that you, you know, you should, if your kid is not in the wrong, you should definitely stick up for your kid because there's nobody that's going to protect their child or stick up for them more than you as yourself. But I also am not oblivious and blind to your child isn't always perfect, even though we think they are. Does that make sense? makes perfect sense. And I will say this, adults, 100%. I think you should do, I agree with what you said. And that's what I do. You know, I'll listen to, you know, I'll listen to this story. And then you go, okay, well, knowing what I know about people and human behaviors, it sounds like this is what happened. Yes. You know, it's not that the adult is 100% right, but you just go, because adults stretch the truth yeah. or leave, omit parts out of the the statement or whatever all the time. And you go, this is what seems like what happened. But yeah. But anyway, all right, before we get to a break, guys, July 8th, we have the coaches training. So you want more great wisdom like you just got just now? July 8th, coaches training. Sign up for it right now. Anyway, now we can get to a break and we'll come back and see what's popping with the parents, B. Yep. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. So we're going to hop in. And real quick, before we hop into what's popping with the parents, I will say this. There are some adults out there who should not be around your kids. That's very true. So, you know, your kids come home and they go, hey, hey, mom, this happened today. You know, you talk to the adult and they're like, yeah. So I will say, obviously, obviously in the industry, that's been happening a lot where we've had lots of adults who shouldn't be around kids. So I only, you know, I'm really speaking from my perspective because I try to live my life as a man of integrity. And anything I say in front of the kids, I say to the parents and go, why would I say that? I'm a grown adult. But there are some people who just have zero integrity and shouldn't be around children at all. So let's get with what's popping with the parents, B. Okay. So this question comes from Allison. She says, you mentioned that parents had to wait two days to email complaints about team placements. My question is, do parents' complaints ever result in changes? My daughter's gym seems to have the attitude that you get what you get and you don't get upset. I've even heard that the manager keeps a list of parents that complain. I feel like I'm not allowed to voice my any opinion. It's a great question. Oh, yeah, we did say you got to wait a couple of weeks. I heard this. I heard this on one of those. Com someone commented on that post, and she said they make them wait four practices. Did you say two weeks or four? Pra I think four practices were her exact words. I, I put, hey, they got to wait two days, blah, blah. She said they wait four. You have to wait four practices before making a complaint. I was like, ice cold right there. That's what we're going to start doing next year. You got to wait four practices before you start complaining to me. So <laughs> that reminds me. I'm pretty sure I told this story on the pod before. But our very first year, we place a girl on senior one, right? Mom has a meeting with us. And they have zero practices yet, right? We, this is before practices start. We have the meeting. She's complaining about being on senior one. And... Is just complaining. And then so we have the meeting with her. 
and we're like, okay, well, give it, give it a chance. Like, give it a chance before you come back. And 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 Ashley had like specifically said, and you got to give it more than one practice. You can't just don't just give it a night and then come back, but give it a couple of weeks and then come back to us and we can talk. They had literally one practice. She came in the next day and was like, "It's ain't gonna work." Like, it, I can't see what's gonna happen. Like, what you're saying is gonna be good about this team is not gonna happen and we're like dude we said give us a couple of weeks and you came in after one night after we specifically said you know give it more than one night right and so fun fact about that particular parent family situation that team end up getting a bid they're like one of the first teams in our gym to get a bid i think they might have been the first team in our gym to get a bid that season right and there's our very first season at american and so we have the parent meeting you, know, if you get a bid we have a parent meeting and talk about the summit and like what that entails or whatever and so we're upstairs we have this parent meeting and we go yeah you know congratulations you got a bid blah blah and all right guys that was it was fun meeting good job you know good night we'll see you guys you know whenever and i remember that mom like waited after and all she she's just like i can't remember she said thank you or i'm sorry she said one of the two but i knew exactly what she was talking about she was just like and i was like i got you i got you fam so anyway hopefully she said i'm sorry (laughs) yeah it was like or like you were right or something like that. it was like something where she made reference to like our original meeting and like maybe i was wrong about this team or whatever so i mean this was it was literally our first year there so anyway well i feel like this what's popping with the parents in general which, you know, I'll just say it. People don't know this, but when you sent me that question, I said, oh, there's going to be a lot of controversy because, and I said, I feel like there's a lot of parents that can relate to this at our gym. And when I say relate, I don't like, not that this is how you guys make us as parents feel at our gym. And I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I do know that I have had, I've heard or I've had people approach me and, you know, they've said something similar to me. And I realistically just say, oh, I don't know. Like he returns my emails. (laughs) Um, I return everyone's emails. A hundred percent. They might not like what I say, (laughs) but I return everyone's emails. That's for show. I, I mean, I will say this. There have been times where I haven't been happy with the girls' team placements because they haven't Mm -hmm. been happy because they, and me and you have talked about this. They have this expectation of, I want to make this team. And, you know, prime example, last year, they got the email that they made last season. They got the email first that they made youth white. Mm And they were like, I'm not doing that. I'm done. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then the email came through that they made youth black. And then they were like, oh, so excited, happy, mm-hmm. you know. And But me, as their parent, I'm like, how did you make youth black? You don't mm-hmm. have a tuck. That's a level three. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, how did, like, how did that work out? And, you know, this season, they made junior blue. They were happy about it. They, of course, wanted to make scenes you're black but they're only 12 years old Mm -hmm. right now and i told them they were happy about junior blue they they were they were definitely happy about junior blue me as a parent told them like how cool would it be when you're done with your cheerleading career at american if you are able to say you know what i was on all these teams if you teams stayed the same it would be super cool to say that you were on every team that american had 
except for mini sparkle because you aged mm-hmm. out of that and they were like okay i just don't feel like when you get your team placement and you're not happy about it you complain and you complain because you want to change like i know this sounds bad but if i was a director and someone complained to me about their team placement i would i honestly would put a check mark and be like yep definitely not definitely not moving your kid just because you mm-hmm. complained <laughs> um And I don't care and I don't want to know how you guys deal with those things because that's just not my cup of tea. But I also, I don't blame a director or a manager for keeping tallies on how many times a parent wants to have a meeting or wants to complain about something. You as a parent have a right to do that. And I don't think you should ever be worried about voicing your opinions. But I also believe that it's the way you approach it. If you go in there hot-headed, screaming and yelling because your daughter, you know, didn't get to be in the tumbling pass or your child didn't make the team that you want or your daughter that's usually a flyer is now a base. If you go in there screaming and yelling, you can't expect for things to get changed. Mm-hmm. Like if you go in there and you ask questions and thoughts are exchanged you're gonna see i feel like you'll understand more like you have to be open-minded let's go here one of the questions or the question in the the original question was how often or something like that does it get changed true story when i was a kid my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard back then buying mats from tumble track was not an option but now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by tumble track start perfecting those rolls kickovers handsprings and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors get ready to flip twist and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by tumble track link in the description I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. One of the questions or the question in the, the original question was how often or something like that does it get changed it rarely real it's probably happened i know it's i know it's only really happened one time and it was our first season a girl had made senior one maybe junior one no we didn't have a junior one our first year so she must have made senior one and then we placed her on youth one i think that was the only change we made and the only reason i changed her is because the dad had brought up something about her being in a crop top and she was 11 years old and i went it's a valid point dad you don't want your girl in a crop top all right we'll move her to youth because because the rule was you couldn't be in a at that time we were wearing crop tops for our senior kids mm-hmm. now everyone wears full tops but at the time senior kids were wearing crop tops everyone else was in full tops He said something about her being in a crop top and they were trying to get her onto a level two team. That's they they can't. It's not like they want her on the youth on youth one. They were trying to get her on a level two team. Um, Well, that ain't happening. But I was like, well, we'll put her on youth white, you know, 
so she didn't have to wear a crop top. But that was the, that was the only thing that changed that season. And I think maybe one other time we gave an athlete an opportunity on one team. They had the skill. They were qualified for the team. And we just gave them an opportunity and they end up staying on that team. But other than that, I mean, for real, like when I have those meetings, it's honestly Groundhog's Day. It's when we make the decision, we as coaches are making the decision based on our experience coaching the athlete and our, and then we you know what they actually did at their evaluation. That's what we're using. And then we put together these teams. However, and so that's what we use when we put together teams, our experience coaching the athlete, and then the, their actual current skills that they throw combination of those two things and we put them on teams and right so it's i will put that in the like logical right we're using the logical part of our our brains when we make the decision and parents tend to come in complaining about the team using the emotional side they bring no like actual new information to us that we didn't have before and it's the same i'm telling you i've been having these meetings for years and it's the same thing Every time she's been on this team or this level for years, right? Not that she has the skills to be on another level. She doesn't have the skills to be on this level. She's just been on this level for years. So you guys should move her up. And right. And so what do we, and I, I put that, I remember I put this in emails. We are not obligated to move your athlete up just because they've been on a particular level for years. We have zero obligation to do that as a, as a gym. We should move athletes up because they have the particular skills and they can fill a, a need of that particular team, right? The other thing we hear all the time, all of her friends moved up. All of her friends are on this team. Again, as a gym, we have zero obligation to move your daughter or your son to a different team <clears throat> just because they have friends on that team, right? And I dread the day that Kensley and Ryland have to split up, right? They're literal twins, right? But we have zero obligation to keep those two on the same team, right? They're roommates. <laughs> I get scared. I'm not going to lie. Right. But one of these days, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's very mm -hmm. possible. But we have zero obligation to keep those two on the same team. Yeah. Right. And so parents come in all, all of her. Like, that's another one of the big ones that parents always use. You know, the other one is a more recent one, but she wants to go to the summit. She wants to go to the summit. So she should be on this particular team. And again, gyms have zero obligation right and so what parents use are like these these outside things when the coach goes right or at least i want to say i want to speak for every coach in the world what we do at our gym is go we're going to put this athlete on this team because they have these particular skills they're going to fit this particular need and that's the team that we need so you know and that we have to explain that to the so you know we have these meetings or in an email parents you know it's i can get how a parent feels like i shouldn't even complain i'm not gonna move her well we're probably not gonna move her because we already made the decision based on a particular set of facts and parents rarely bring in new facts it's not like they go she got her back handspring she has it now it's never she got her back handspring or she got her tuck or she she has this now to, she grew 10 inches she can now be a back spot there was a one mom on on one of those posts where i had said you know there's going to be a level two kid there's gonna be a kid that doesn't have a tuck who makes a level three and a kid who has a tuck who makes a level two, right? That post that was on uh, Instagram, TikTok. Mm -hmm. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. Jason C. Larkins on TikTok and 
Let's Talk to Your Podcast on Instagram. Anyway, and the mom had said something. I feel like I should find it because she said something like, my daughter is too small to bathe. This is her literal words. I don't say literal, but this is these were her words. My daughter's too small to base, and she doesn't want to learn how to fly. What are Jim supposed to do with your kid? Honestly, she's too small to base. She doesn't want to learn how to fly. Gyms are not obligated to move your kid up because because you know what are Jim supposed to do in that situation? You know. So the point is. Should be a nugget. I'm telling you. So to answer the question, do parents, do they ever result in change? Very, very, very rarely. Do uh, uh, my gym seems to have attitude to get with you get? I will at least, and I, I respect that a little bit to just say you get what you get. I want to be able to educate our families. That's just like the, what I want to be able to do is educate our families on the decisions why we make the decisions that we make, at least as much as I feel is appropriate, right? It's a big reason behind the podcast is to provide parent education, right? Coach education, all those things, and to give parents an inside look of like why gyms make the decisions that they make, even if their gym isn't telling them that specifically. But you know, in the past, you've asked me particular questions about team placements, and you know, and I've said this is X, Y, and I can do that with all of our teams, you know, and go, well, they didn't make this team because of, X, Y, and Z. Oh, the other thing that parents do is is that they'll bring up, same thing I said in that post, but they'll bring up the other athlete and go, well, this kid made the team without, you know, the backhand spring. Why can my kid not make the team without the backhand spring? It's just that kid is just filling a role that your kid isn't filling, right? Now, if they both are equal, right, they both have equal tumbling, then it's most likely like it's just a flat out better base than your kid, right? And we can't have a, we can't have a team full of exceptions if parents i guarantee you if parents put together the teams all of the teams would be awful and then you'd blame the coaches and why this team this team sucks it's all these coaches it's because we let you guys put together the teams and your kids all on their dream team and now but they can't do any of the required skills right go ahead b i know you want to say something i will close out my section of this i will say that do not ever feel like you are not allowed to voice your opinion but think of how you approach voicing your opinion because there to be honest with you there is not a darn thing anybody could do or say to me that wouldn't that would hinder me from voicing my opinion about something unless you're going to pay me a million dollars to keep your mouth shut, I'm still going to voice my opinion. But I think the way you approach the situation and the way you speak to other people helps you. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't go, don't go running in there. My kid made junior blue and this is unacceptable, you know, but I just don't think like, I think that you should, no matter what, be able to voice your opinion. Here is um, a quote. It was, um, it was, a, it was a Netflix movie, Glass Onion. I think it's Knives Out Glass Onion. It was good. It was on Netflix. Watch it. It was really good. It was really good it's like a murder mystery movie the name just intrigues me yeah i think i think it was called knives out but then glass onion was like this particular i think it was like a like a not a two-part but it's like not a sequel but just a different story like the original was just called knives out and this was like another knives out movie but this one was glass onion but it was really good it's like a murder mystery comedy it was really good you should watch it but he says like the main character the um the detective he said something like this i can't remember exactly what the quote is but it's something like it's a sad day when speaking your mind gets 
gets confused with speaking the truth. Oh, ooh, that's a bar right there. That's quote of the week right there. Quote of the week. And, you know, and so many people go, I'm going to speak my mind. I, you know, I just, I just tell how it is. I'm going to speak my mind. And he said, it's a sad day when people confuse speaking their mind for speaking the truth. I'm like, man, because you're not always speaking or speaking the truth gets confused with speaking their mind or something like that anyway. So yeah, anyway, let's get to another break. Sign up for July 8th and uh, let's get to another break. We'll come back. I'll have a story to tell. Then we'll wrap this thing up. Sound good, B? Yep. Sounds good. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, I need to tell you about the number one all-star cheer conference this summer. I'm going to be speaking at it as a guest speaker, so you already know it's going to be fire. The Next Gen Summer Conference will be in Dallas June 23rd through the 25th. This conference is perfect for everyone in your gym. There will be skills classes for the coaches, leadership and management classes for the directors, and business classes for the owners. Guest instructors will include myself, Jason Larkins, Romel Osuna of World Cup, Adam Forte of Forte Spirit Solutions, and the whole crew from Next Gen. Make sure to head on over to ngconferences.com to register today. And we are back. So B, I just have a quick story to tell. This has not been inspired by anything that happened in my life, so I don't want anyone reading into it. I I heard the story when I was in college, and it just popped into my mind, like, literally this morning. And I was like, I'll tell that story on the pod, so it's a good story. So, B, do you mind if I tell a – do you mind if we get into story time with Jason? I absolutely do not mind, but no story with you is quick, Jason, so <laughs> – no, this is quick. This is gonna be a sixty second story. Here we go. It's, okay, it's not even okay. a story. It's just a. It's just a, a thing. It's a story. It's okay. a. It's a more. It's a fable. So once upon a time, there was this bird, and it was flying during a snowstorm. It's flying during the snowstorm, and the snow's coming down heavy, and the the bird ends up, you know, falling under the weight of the snow. And then the, the snow comes down really heavy and the bird is trapped in the snow and it's freezing to death. It's freezing. It's freezing. It's freezing. And this bird is, is on its way to birdie heaven and it's just there frozen. And then a cow comes along and is walking and decides that it is going to take a crap. This cow happens to take a crap right where the bird was like in that snow and, you know, plops down, right? You know, and the warmth heat of the crap warms up the bird, right? So it's a thaw out the bird. The bird is now thawing out. And as he thaws out, he's all happy. So he starts to sing a little bit. Chirp, 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 chirp. And as he's chirping, a fox walks by and hears the bird chirping and then decides to eat the bird. Moral of the story, not everyone who craps on you is wishing you harm and not everyone who helps you out of crap is trying to help you out. So there's someone somewhere going through something right now on either end who needed to hear that. So there you go. Story of the week, story time with Jason. And yeah, that's about it. Guys, I guess we don't have anything else. So B, you got anything else? Nope, I'm good. Boom. All right then. Well, till next week, guys, five, six, seven, eight. We're We're out. out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes, 
after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.